Welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night programs with special guests. Tonight we have with us a very dear friend of ours, Rabbi Yitzchak Obam Shlita Rabbi. How are you doing? Shalom Lech Rabbi Aniv. Ah, so good to and see you. He's amazing, all the way from Lakewood, New Jersey. So excited to have the rabbi who's uh, involved with so many amazing causes, especially Chazak. And our custom, Rabbi, is uh, before we jump to the topic, which is holiness, that's right, Kedusha, holy, holiness, uh, we have the custom of asking the Rabbi to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and the great work you're involved with and uh, stuff like that. Okay, so first of all, born and bred in Queens, that we know. Queens, okay. That we know. Queens is definitely a place to be. (laughs) Um, I live in Lakewood, but I still feel like I live in Queens. That's right. Being involved with Chazak definitely is... uh, the best thing in the world. Exactly. Really. Chazak, chazak, v'nis chazak. V'amatz. Really. Really, that's what it is. And uh, coming in saying the shiur for chazak, saying for Agadir Pirik, definitely something that is uh, tremendous, something that's amazing, um, keeps me going. And uh, the truth is, sitting here with you really is always an honor, really is a covet. The amount that you've done over the past 13 years is unreal, unreal. I mean, even the big chazak event, which is the smallest of the smallest Things that are actually done, but I don't think anybody else besides Agoda was able to get more than thousand people into a room until Rabbi Anif came along, came along with Rabbi Ilan, and they made an event and uh, had this chus to be part of it, being the, the, uh, chairman, the, the chairman there, there. yeah, being the chairman there, and really it was a tremendous, tremendous chus. Would have missed without saying uh, in loving memory of Rabbi Waller sings that song. Yes, we all heard about the tragic passing. It should be in his uh, loving memory. He was a featured speaker at the big event for, for many years. Yeah, for many yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, um, every time we had the events, I would introduce him. That's right. And he always had, uh, everyone knows he had that famous flip phone. Yeah. That flip phone he didn't have. He would show, I, buy side, I have the flip phone. I don't have the iPhone. And that's what he had. And the text would come in, Yitzi did a great job. Thank you so much, and that was really uh, that was really him. You had to text me, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I'm 30 years old, oh my God, but, but that's somebody who's always looking out for the next person, and uh, that that that's really I mean that all falls in line with what Chazak does. I mean all the programs, the lectures, and now especially the amount of kids that we're able to take out of public school and bring him into yeshivas is just unbelievable. What's going on? Unbelievable, and the way you know something is successful, and when people fight you. <laughs> so as much as you're doing good and you have you're taking kids out of public school, making them from, you always have to have people to fight you. But that, that, that's the malcham of us. Don't worry. Baruch Hashem, you're chazak ve'amatz, and everybody knows. I even spoke to Rebellion Brudni, and he was all excited about chazak. He was saying what what they do. I had a meal with Rebbe Elon with Rebellion Brudni, and he said when we walked in, he says, Ah, oh, chazak, chazak ve'amatz. That's what you are. That's what you do. So really, the the, 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 the amount that you do. Kishbarchu should give you the kaiyach to continue. That by this kaiyach that you do on behalf of Chazak, and you should go mechayel chayil, and you should be able to take all the ten thousand kids that we have, Rachmanetzon, in public school, you should be able to bring them into yeshivas. It takes time, but uh, like my father always says, that that if your head is in the right place, you'll have the siyata deshmaya to overcome any obstacles. And look. The past 15 years, how many obstacles we had, and Baruch Hashem Baruch knocked everyone over, and you're standing strong. And the amount of Gadol Yisrael that actually sat in this office, from Shul Kamenetsky to Rabbi Yabrudni to my father's Angazutenstag, everybody, that just shows you how. Rabbi Ruchim, yeah, everybody, yeah, Ramakil. 
So that, that just shows that when your mind is in the right place, like Hashem who gives you the siyata de Shemaya, and the Gedolei Yisrael flock to you, and they want to help you. So that's really a tremendous, tremendous chus that you have, and the little chus that I have to be a part of it is a tremendous honor and a real covet. What an amazing Torah talk. Thank you very much for missing it. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, the introduction was usually about the rabbi, but the rabbi threw it all on us. Okay, we'll, we'll get him back. But tonight's topic, like was mentioned, is Kedushah. It's holiness. You know, this week's parashat is parashat Kedushim. And there's an interesting midrash that says that we were created holy before the creation of the world. Rabbi, how in the world do you explain such a thing? Wouldn't should we work on our holiness? What is it that we're already holy? So, it's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent question. Um, it's interesting you asked that question. It's your question, but the Dubna Magad actually asked that question as well. So you're Macham to the Dubna Magad, correct? And he wants to understand what that means. Like you said, you have to work to get what it is. So he says a fascinating parable. Known for the parables. Right? Known for the parables. Yes, known for the parables. So he had this wealthy man that, of course, he wanted the best Aiden, the best son-in-law. Mm. So he goes to the best yeshiva in a certain town. And he goes to the Rosh Hashiva, the head of the, the dean of the school. And he says, I want the best Talmud, the best student you have in the school. I have the money. I'm able to support him. Show me, who's that guy? So the rabbi points, the most diligent guy is that guy. And that guy also is the biggest lamdan. He understands learning. He's deep. He's great. I think that's the guy for you. So the wealthy man says, I want him. He says, let me talk to this bakr. I'm going to talk to this boy to see if he's able to come with you. He's interested in going out with your daughter at all. So the rabbi goes to this bakr. He goes to the kid. He speaks to him. He says, you know, I have a wealthy man over here. He's a good. He's an askin. Very good guy. And his dream is to have a son that's going to learn. I think you're the guy. And he's like, okay, let me go out with her. They went out. And the shidduch went about and they got married. Where did the. Now he had to move out of yeshiva. Where did he move? So he moved to a very small village where his wife grew up. You can imagine a small village in those days. There weren't major Tamil Chachamim there. He couldn't find a Haruta, a study partner. I mean, had Chazak been around, they would have made a Torah partner, a Torah mate, but you weren't around then. But now, Baruch Hashem, you are around, so it doesn't matter. But he didn't have a Haruta. So he used to go into shul. And he was the first one in. He would come in right away, the first one, before it gets light outside. He would sit and learn. He would come home a little bit for lunch, go back to Betmerish, go back to shul. And he literally was the person closing the lights every night. And then it came to a time, remember, he didn't have any chabrusa. It came to a time where he started slacking off a little bit. Mm. And his father comes to him and he says, my dear son-in-law, what is going on? And the son-in-law tells him, so what's going on? He says, you're not learning as much as you were. When I took you, you were putting in all those hours in yeshiva, and now you come, you started coming at 11 o'clock, you're leaving 1 o'clock, what's going on over here? I picked the best guy in the world, I don't understand what's going on. So the Salala tells him, he sees his followers in a lot of stress, and he says, what do you mean? Ask the shamish in the shul, ask the guy who takes care of the shul, ask him who's the best guy in the shul, and learns the most in the shul. So the Salala looks at him, he says, what are you talking about? He says, yeah, ask him. Ask him. So he says, I don't have to ask him. He says, ask him. Okay. He asks him, he says, yeah, your son-in-law's the best guy. He says, oh, he comes up to his son-in-law, and he says, he said, you're the best yeah. guy. But you think that makes me happy? He said, this town has nobody who knows how to learn. So you're the best guy because you're putting an hour a day in the whole town? What does that do for me? I took a guy who's putting in 18 hours a day. 
That's what you're happy with? You're happy to be the best guy in a shtekel that has nobody full of amaratzim? That doesn't make you great. Not only that, I'm even more depressed now. What's going on? How do you do that? That's what he told the son-in-law. He brings that from this. And this answers your question beautifully. Imagine that God didn't make us holy before Bria Sa'ilam. So we're holy today. So we live in a very, very crazy world right now. But I'm going to tell you, I'm a tzaddik. You know why I'm a tzaddik? Because, let's say Goyim. Even if unfortunately have Jews, they're stealing. I'm a tzaddik. I don't steal money. That's your bar? Or you know what? I, I, this LGBT business, I, I'm not doing that. I, you're a good guy now because all of a sudden you're normal. Now you became Kaddish. Now you're a normal guy because everyone's doing bad things. And I don't do those bad things. Which us, which us is normal not to do it. So you're a good guy? That's the bar? No. I made you Kaddish. I made you holy before Bria Sa'ilam. That's the bar. And that's why God said that I made you holy before the rule was created, because that's the bar. Had I left the bar here and you can make yourself holy, where are you going to base it on? Some Joe walking on the street who he's just, what, what is he doing? So he doesn't steal. That makes him a good guy. Yeah, good guy, but that makes you a tzaddik, that makes you holy? That's a, that's a normal thing. We know you can't do these things. So that's why Kish Baruch Hu said I made you holy before, and that is the bar, and that's how you have to do it. Wow, powerful, powerful, amazing, unbelievable, beautiful muscle, beautiful parable, right? The Dubna Magid. Okay, so, so now we understand why we were created holy before the creation, so we have a high bar. So right now we're in the middle of the Sefirat Domer, in the middle of the days of the counting, and uh, during these times, uh, the Gemara Masechet says that uh, Rabbi Kiva lost 24,000 students. Why? They didn't have respect for one another. And unfortunately, there are some people that don't talk to others. They had an argument in one, they didn't get along ones, there was an issue once. What is the solution to these people? What do we tell them? That's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. I'm sure we all have people in our lives that even if we didn't do something, the person thought we did something, and now they're not talking to us. Which is not an excuse. Because I personally believe that someone not talking to somebody you know, is a learned behavior. They learned it somewhere. Either they had a parent, a mother that gave the parent the silent treatment, which is not a pitayra. If you're upset at somebody, you don't just go into mute and you don't talk to the person. That, that's it's not, not the... Zoom like <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not the mahalach hachayim. And unfortunately, people, people do that. You do, and most of the times, all these things are just misunderstandings. That's even most of the times. But the question, at the end of the day, you have a relative or a friend that's not talking to you. What is the way to get around it? Now I want to tell you something I believe is the best way to get around it. And it's proven true. Uh, what happened to me was, I, uh, I built a house years ago. Is it in Lakewood or in Queens? It's in Lakewood, Lakewood. not in Queens. You, you recruited me, but not enough. <laughs> so, I had a friend of mine, he was a painter. And what happened was, he didn't get the painting job. And I'm not a contractor, I just hired a builder. And he said, by the way, get me the painting job. The builder told me, he said, listen, I don't want to deal with that guy. I said, okay, listen, I'm staying out of it. You know, I'm just trying to pay the bills. You know, I'm not getting involved over here. I'm really not. And I realized when I was done, I walk into shul. And I remember, I lived in a different city. I lived, it was Lakewood, but I lived two miles away. I was friends with this guy who was the painter. Actually, the first place where I lived, he was my neighbor. We were friends. And then where I moved to the next place, we actually dove in the same shul again. It's actually coincidental. And I walk in. 
I go over to him and I'm trying to talk to him. He's not talking to me. <laughs> the guy's not looking at me. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, holy cow! What did I do? I didn't do anything. What, what does the guy want from me? Go over to him. Travis literally ignores me. And I, I'm like, when it comes to these things, I don't fall for these things. Some people break. So the first thing is, when this happens, you don't break. You don't lose focus. You don't break. Usually, it's a self-esteem issue, by the way. That's what it is. And the guy is not talking. That's usually what it is. But you have to be the stronger one and to say, I'm going to get over this. So this is what I did to him. And if you do this mahalach, I guarantee it will work because you get very annoying. And it's almost worth it for the guy not to not talk to, talk to you than rather not talk to you. So here we're sitting by Kiddush. And I told the guy, we'll call him Yankel, Yankel, pass the Coke, please. <laughs> and there's a whole table by the Kiddush. He's not going to pass the Coke. <laughs> Embarrassing. Someone has to pass the Coke. So Yankel passes me the Coke. Pass the Coke. Yashikoyach Yankel. Appreciate it. Thank you. Vic. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it takes work to do that. Because at the end of the day, you do feel a little... You know, you feel a little itchy. But at the end of the day, it's your side that works. And if you're the bigger person and you're able to just close your nose and say, I'm doing the right thing. I don't want to have machloikas. I'm doing this the same Shemayim. You're good to go. And when there's a whole crowd of people and you're walking out of shul, you spot Yankel talking to three people, get Shabbos from Yankel! Get Shabbos! Get Shabbos! Shabbat Shalom! Get Shabbos! So what is he going to do? He's going to hold his hand? He can't do that. He feels, he feels like an idiot. You get five people in shul over this. What? That's really the Mahalach. And not only that, when it comes before Yantif, you send them a varma text message. Have a great Yantif. I wish you the brachas and atzlachas on your family. And you mean it when you're sending it. Because remember, he's arguing with you. You're not arguing with him. And you don't even know why he's not talking to you. And the guy's going to write you back a message. Stop with the fake messages. Oh, what? You're going to get that. Oh, and you know your answer back? I mean it. Zahu. And the guy, and usually it stops there. But if he even writes back, the guy writes back to you. He says, you're not on my level of Judaism. I can't work with you. You have these crazy people. You have these crazy... So you write back like this. I'm always looking, or even whatever the scenario is. Whatever the, this is you never get on the defense. I feel sorry you feel that way. I'm always looking to grow. I would love to know what I could be misaken, how I could fix myself that offended you. You take these tips with you. Probably just reply next time. Use me when you uh, get a. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this is one story. But the point is, if you take this yisoy, if you take this mahalach, if you take this mahalach, it's very, very hard for that person to stay away from you because you really become annoying. Mm. It's always been let me just talk to this guy and leave me alone. But if you meet a l'shem shemayim and you really mean it the way it is, that's the way to get over. I just gave you one simple example. But that's a condition to you. We're Kaddish. We're here for Kaddish Baruch. We're here for Hashem. We're here, again, things are not comfortable. But if our eyes, if our brain is in the right place, you'll get over it, and you'll be successful, and Kaddish Baruch will give you the Siyat HaDashmaya. And there's one thing you cannot remiss. Tefillah is the most powerful thing. You have to always dive in and say, speak it out. Kaddish Baruch wants to hear us. You speak it out, and you say, Kaddish Baruch I don't like arguing with people. Why is this guy not talking? I don't know. 
But I want to have shalom. And you have to speak it out. And tefillah is the key to everything. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Unbelievable. Inspiring. Love it. So Yanko is okay now? Yeah, we're best friends. <laughs> Yanko and I are good friends. We, we hug, we talk, okay, we're good friends. We have kids scary. together. Happy now he's already telling me, Yitzchak passed the code. Okay, very inspiring. We have a minute, we have a custom at Torah Talks that uh, the rabbi gives us one final message, one final grand slam. Uh, so many beautiful gems and inspiring messages. But one final one for our audience. So I want to tell you a bomb story. Oh, I know the person this, I the person this happened to. The story only comes if you're holy of the holies. If you're Kaddish. But this is, someone who's, this is someone who's worked on. I know somebody, and he had a family member, for some reason, didn't talk to him for 25 years. Wow. I don't know if it was a, was a daughter or a son. I don't know what it was. My Rebbe, I was talking to him. Tell me a story. And the father wanted to talk to the kid all these years, but the kid didn't, the kid didn't, just was ignoring. The kid has a family. And the father sent people to the kid to make peace, and it just wasn't going. He had no idea why it wasn't going. And he so said, heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. He said, It is what it is. So what happened was, the Yayayim, they decided, they got to their senses, they want to make peace after 25, whatever, 25 years, whatever the number was. It was 30 years, I don't know. And the rabbi tells me his kids were not happy that all of a sudden now the family member wants to come back because you caused so much pain mm-hmm. to the family. Why should you accept this person back? And not only that, the kids had a taina. The kids were upset. They said, this son doesn't want to really come back. The problem is he has to make shidduchim. Mm-hmm. He has kids that are going out on the market and they have to make a chasana. And the first thing the shachan is going to say we heard you're not talking to your father, who's a rabbi. Who's going to want to do a shidduch with you? And that was the time that the kids were telling to the father. So why should you accept this son to come back? And you know, and you know what the father told the kid? The father said, and this is only when he could listen, show me a marmakam. Show me a place where it says that shalom, shaloy l'shma, is not called shalom. <coughs> Show me where it says that somebody who wants to make peace, and even though the peace the guy wants to make is not for the right reasons, but where do you see that that's not called peace? Where do you see it's not called peace? Is that not powerful? Powerful, powerful, powerful. That only comes with somebody who's Kaddish. You're Kaddish, you could do that. The amount of pain, 30 years of pain, to knock that out in one second, and just to say, show me where you see Shalom, 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 is not called Shalom, show me where that is. You can show me somewhere? No. We're going to have peace. I don't care. Uh, amazing, amazing. Rabbi Yitzhi Obam, you know, whenever we finish Berkat Amazon Benching and we finish Shmona Esri, the final, and, and same thing with Berkat Konim, is, is Shalom, is peace. Right, yeah. Because at the end of the day, all the blessings, all the goodness that a person wants, it all comes down to one thing, Osei Shalom, make peace with your family, friends, surroundings, with the Baruch Hu, the God Almighty, and then you have all the blessings of the world. I want to thank you very much, Rabbi for all that you do for Shkosh. college, for the Jewish people during your entire mishpacha. Amen. Amen. Continue spreading the light, Yamim Bekhen Matzvah, all over the world. Amen. We want to thank our friends at DailyGiving.org. 
$1 a day goes a really, really far way. Check it out. Make sure to be part of that revolution. I want to thank Robbie from Chazak for preparing everything from A to Z and the entire team over here. I have to thank Rebaruch. Rebaruch oh, for sitting in and listening <laughs> to the whole energy. Shukach, Rebaruch, Shlita. And we want to thank uh, Torah Anytime and the podcast and Jewish podcast and all the different platforms that are playing these amazing Torah Talks. Really appreciate it. We'll see you in Hashem next week. We should see each other with the Gulashim as a complete redemption coming around. Amazing. Amazing.